The LA Clippers streak is over at nine games. With the loss of the Oklahoma City Thunder without Kawhi Leonard, they proved to be too good, too fast, and just more energized than the Clippers. What went wrong? Is it a big deal? Is it a bad loss? Is Kawhi Leonard okay? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Viziri, born and raised in L.A. In my 19th season as a Clipper fan, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I went live directly after the game to talk about both games for the L.A. teams on Thursday night. And Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know what you thought of the loss. Were you disappointed in it? Was it not a big deal? And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy sports platform in North America. All you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Clipper Nation, it's been a while since I've talked about a loss. Nine straight games. It was fun while it lasted. But it turns out that that bruise or that fall that Kawhi Leonard took against the Dallas Mavericks held him out of this game. Am I worried? Not so much. They listed it as a hip contusion. I think it was probably closer to a bruise than a contusion, even though I still don't really know the full difference between those two. But I think, you know, it was an impact injury. I don't think he'll miss Boston, to be honest. And I think it was kind of like he took a bad fall and it's a back-to-back and he's played every game and he's playing a lot of minutes, like injury management as opposed to load management. Let me know in the comments if you have a problem with it. To be honest, I didn't. If he hadn't fallen like that, though, I would have said, yeah, he should play. Because just because he's playing a lot of minutes doesn't mean he should be resting. Every game counts. We've already said we're not doing load management this year. So... I'm thinking he got a little knock, you know, took a hard fall, didn't want to push him too far, and are going to be ready for Boston. That's what I'm hoping for, and that's what I would expect, Clipper Nation. I have no sources on that. I have no leaks on that. But it's just that wood that I've been knocking on all season long for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And look, if you had told me before the season, 27 out of the first 28 games you're getting from Kawhi and 26 out of the first 28 you're getting from Paul George who returned in this one, I would take that 100 times out of 100. So hopefully we get Kawhi for Boston. Now, this game, the streak ended, and look, there was a very good chance on a back-to-back against the Oklahoma City Thunder, the way they've been playing. They said they were third best in defensive rating in the NBA and are one of the best teams in the Western Conference right now, second place after the Minnesota Timberwolves, who I actually got to watch for the first time against the Lakers on Thursday night. They're pretty good, but Oklahoma City, they're a little different. You know, they can defend, but they have five guys on the court 
that can handle the ball and make plays in that starting lineup with Chet, Giddy, J-Dub, SGA, and Lou Dort. Boo. <laughs> but they all can defend, except for Giddy. And they all can shoot, except really for Giddy. But Josh Giddy made three threes in the first quarter. So this that whole first half, the Thunder were pretty much shooting lights out. Could our defense have been better? Absolutely. But they shot really, really well, and they're very tough to guard when you talk about Chet Holmgren, SGA, and Jalen Williams. They had 53-44 shooting splits in the first half. And with all that being said, the Clippers were only down by five points. Russell Westbrook, who got a fantastic standing ovation from the city and stadium that he made his home for 11 years, was really awesome. But the energy he brought in for his hometown team was even more awesome. The Clippers started out pretty poorly. Paul George and James Harden, I thought they were both atrocious in the first quarter. James Harden, over-dribbling, taking bad shots, step-backs, when two guys were open on different possessions. One time, I think Zubats was open at the foul line. Another time, Terrence was open or Amir, one of the two. And all his shots were short in the beginning when he was missing. He started the game 1 for 11. I'm sorry, 1 for 10. Paul George was 1 for 4 in the first quarter. And in the first quarter and the first half of the third quarter, Paul George's defense was atrocious for his standards. Getting blown by, not communicating, no hand up on several jump shots, late contests. On Lou Dort, Russell Westbrook, and Paul George both had moments where they didn't contest at all because, you know, it's in the scouting report in previous years to let Lou Dort shoot, but he's been shooting really well lately, and they just let him shoot as if they didn't know that or had no preparation for the game, and he made us pay over and over again. Lou Dort in this game shot three for six from deep. The Thunder as a team shot 59% from the field, and 16 for 34 from three, 47%. They were lights out, and I thought our defense was not very good. And you know who struggled to stay on the court in this game? If it's the Zubats. I actually thought his offense was good. He was doing a good job finishing, got a couple of nice pocket passes from Harden. Westbrook fed him once. He got uh, Paul George fed him for a wide-open dunk early. I thought he was going up strong. He had a really nice read in the short roll to Norman Powell at one point. But he was struggling with the five-out scheme of the Thunder. You know, they have five guys that can play on the perimeter. And Chet Holmgren, I mean, he made his presence known right away with eight points. I'm sorry, seven points within the first four minutes of the game. So it was a tough start for the Clippers. But the third quarter was really where it all went bad. I felt like the fact that we were only down five points going into halftime was huge. You know, Paul George had a good shooting second quarter. He was three for four in that one. And then James Harden, after a really cold start, started getting going towards the end of that second quarter, starting with that top of the key three. And then he got downhill twice, one on the break, one in the half court, turning the corner on pick and roll. And Norman Powell, I thought, was absolutely huge in that first half to keep the Clippers in it. He had 13 in the first half. But the third quarter, that's where it all went wrong for the Clips. We got outscored 45-32 to 32 
in the third. 45 to 32. 45 points sure is a lot. And I'll tell you when it all went bad. It all went bad. I'm sorry, it was 45 to 33. But it all went bad when Chet Holmgren threw the ball off the backboard to himself. At first, I was going to say the Tracy McGrady move, but from my memory of Tracy McGrady doing it, he did it on the break. This was the Kobe Bryant in the half-court set. Pump fake, lean in, throw it off the glass. Although if T-Mac did do that in the game, which I'm assuming he did, please, I would love it linked in the comments because I am a big Tracy McGrady fan as well. But anyway, it was an insane move. Insane move. For a seven-footer plus to do that, I was like, oh my God. And then after that, I marked the plays down. You know, Terrence was missing, and I'll be getting into his struggles later on. But he continued to miss. He was 0 for 3 in the third. PG and Harden, but mostly in the third quarter, PG was over dribbling, set an illegal screen. His defense went back to being lazy. And then James Harden turned the ball over, uh, was lost Lou Dort back door, and then had a cheap foul in transition on a Daniel Tice turnover. The Thunder went on a 12-0 run in that span after the Clippers had taken the lead after James Harden hit back-to-back threes after two free throws in the beginning of the third quarter. So he basically had eight points right away in the third quarter to give us the lead. Then I thought Paul George and James Harden both just were dilly-dallying on the ball, careless with the ball. Paul George was just shooting a ton of long jumpers all game long. I was very impressed with Jalen Williams' defense, but Paul George was dribbling way too much at the top of the key. Very little elbow and mid-post P that I like. It was just working too hard, and the Thunder kind of blew us open after that. It was kind of done. You know, Russ had good energy, got us back in it. PG started hitting shots when Harden kind of came out of the game for a couple of minutes, and we cut it from like 16 to 12. But the Clippers just couldn't stop them. And I thought the Thunder just looked like the fresher team, the younger team, and the better team. Without Kawhi Leonard, the Thunder this season are better than us, in my opinion. Are they better than us with Kawhi Leonard? I don't think so. But the record says they are right now. However, we know that we've just gotten going, you know, 14-3 and three with James Harden in the starting lineup alongside Kawhi, Paul, Terrence, and Zoo. But... We need to see them play each other more this season with Kawhi. Without Kawhi, we're just not better than them, and I think that's the main reason we lost. And we were on a second out of a back-to-back, and the effort level wasn't strong enough. The Thunder were first to every loose ball. Their offense was played with more, more purpose. The ball was moving faster. Let's see how many assists they had compared to the Clippers. Clippers had 23 assists. Thunder had 35 assists. So there you go. They were moving the ball better, moving quicker, getting to their stuff quicker. Thought Harden and Paul George just dribbled way too much for me. Westbrook, I thought, gave us the best energy. I thought he and Norman Powell were good. But coming up, going to talk more about the Stars' performance, but also Ty Lue and his strategy going really, really small in this game. Daniel Tice getting zero first half minutes. Let's talk about it coming up. This episode of Locked on Clippers is sponsored by Better Help. Every single year, me, my family, and my best friend's family do a secret Santa, and it's become a new tradition for us. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give it to yourself, and the holidays are a great time to do that. 
So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. I've had times in my life where I've needed therapy, and it's helped me, but BetterHelp is next level. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Clippers losing this one 134-115. to They took the lead in the third quarter, but the 12-0 run by OKC kind of blew the Clippers out of the water. And it was kind of a wrap after that. Ty Lue waved the white flag early in the fourth. Clipper Nation, what do you think of that? I was kind of surprised he did that. Seemed like kind of a last year type of beat where they were kind of okay with losing. I'll be real. I did not think that they were getting back in the game, that we were going to get back in the game. But seeing him, you know, with 10 and a half minutes left, clear the bench and put in Kobe Brown and Bones, I was like, okay. Do I mind it much? Not really. But a little disappointing. I didn't think we were out just yet. But yeah, to finish it off, I mean, Paul George got 29 minutes. Amir Coffey, 33 minutes. Terrence Mann, 23 minutes. James Harden, 34. So he actually played a decent chunk of minutes. Then Russell Westbrook actually had one of his highest minute games in a long time with 30. And he earned those minutes. Norman Powell, 23. One thing I found interesting in this game was that because we were struggling with the Chet Holmgren matchup and that Zoo was kind of struggling on the perimeter to guard him, especially in that third quarter, Ty Lue went with an extra small lineup that we really haven't seen this season. And that's because when OKC goes to their bench and Chet sits out, they don't have a real backup five. They have Jalen Williams from Arkansas, but they didn't play him really until garbage time in this game. Their only bench players that really got minutes were Kaysen Wallace, Kenrick Williams, Isaiah Joe, and Aaron Wiggins. None of those guys are centers. So Ty Lu said, okay, they're going small. I'm going to go small. And we had Brandon Boston. Brandon Boston. Interesting seeing him. I, th- I don't think he did any of the wrong things, but he just missed shots. It, it would have been nice for him to make some shots, but it was his first time getting real minutes this season, like real minutes that mattered. So definitely going to take Brandon Boston some time, and I don't think he's going to have that time this season with the super team that we have right now to get those minutes, unfortunately. I love Brandon. I was thinking he should maybe get in the rotation before the Harden trade, but not anymore. He was 3-for-10 in the game, 7 points, got a rebound, got an assist, got a steal. But 3-for-10, 1-for-5 from 3, could have used a little bit better, especially with the way OKC's role players were shooting. Norman Powell, there wasn't much for me to say about him in the second half, really. He finished with 16 points and 4 rebounds. 
to go along with a block on 6-for-11 shooting and 4-for-8 from 3. A rare game where Norm didn't get to the line, but I thought he had a solid game for what we need from him. He continues to be efficient, and if there's a bright spot to take from this game, it's that. But the, the idea to go really small, we, we just couldn't really match the Thunder's small ball. They were getting by us more often. They were quicker on the break. They were taking advantage of our misses getting out in the open court, taking, taking advantage of our turnovers and getting out in the open court. So it was, it was a struggle for the Clippers for sure. As far as matchups, you had Lou Dort guarding James Harden, Jalen Williams guarding Paul George, and I was very impressed with him. A couple times he got away with some fouls, but I was very impressed with him. And you knew OKC was going to switch one through four, and the Clippers were going to switch one through four. Early on in the game, we saw James Harden try to target SGA in the pick and roll, and they had no problems. A lot of it was to put Terrence in the short roll again, but OKC had no problems switching SGA on a Harden, and it wasn't really resulting in anything great. Russell Westbrook, though, I want to give him some flowers. He came into the game when the Clippers started out really poorly, and he got downhill immediately the first two times he touched the ball for four straight points. He had eight points in the first. He was getting rebounds. He dove on the floor for a loose ball. He was very active. My only criticism of Russ in this game, too many turnovers. He had five in the game, which is way too many. Harden had three, so between them, eight. It's not good. We had 15 as a team, so Russ had a third of them. And then defensively, you know, I gave him praise at the end of the last episode saying maybe Russ thinks he can make a campaign or start a campaign for defensive uh, team. But in this game, I thought he wasn't great on defense. We were playing a lot of zone when he was in the game, which I thought was pretty weak, even though it, it had a pretty decent stretch in the second quarter where we went zone and it was kind of getting them to miss shots. But when you play zone, it, it doesn't highlight individual defense as much. So I thought Russ was kind of quiet defensively in the first half. But he was also involved in some miscommunications. One in the zone, one out of the zone where they just left SGA wide open for three. And he had a lackluster contest against Lou Dort after he had made multiple threes. So that's just not the effort we've seen defensively from Russell Westbrook uh, the last couple of games. But I thought overall, I was more satisfied with his performance than Harden or Paul George. He ended with 15 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists. I already mentioned the 5 turnovers. On 7-for-12 shooting, 0-for-2 from 3, and 1-of-1 one one from the line, he continues to be very efficient, which is really good. 7-for-12 from the field, you'll take that all day. Could he have been a little bit better? Yes. Should he take some blame in the loss? Absolutely. Nobody is above that in this, in this game. No one played well enough for me to say they should not be mad at all. I'd say the closest that I'd say did whatever he could was, was Norman Powell. I thought he was solid. Also, Amir Coffey. He wasn't bad. I thought defensively he got scored on a couple times by SGA, but there he also forced two misses, and SGA is one of the best scorers in the NBA we have right now. Of course, former Clipper, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And I thought Amir was okay. Just didn't make his threes. Nine points, four rebounds for him on four for seven shooting and one for four from three. So at least you like to see Amir staying efficient from the field overall. As far as Paul George and James Harden, we needed better from them without Kawhi. Paul George in particular, he shouldn't be shooting 14 shots, especially when, especially when he's shooting 50% from the field. I know he started one for four, but he, for him to have you know, 14 shot attempts without Kawhi, he's seven for 14 and five for eight from three, three for three from the line, and that's it? Like That's unacceptable that Harden's shooting more shots than you. 
Harden should have a little bit better recognition of that as well, too. He is not the second option on this team. He's going to have the ball in his hands, whether Kawhi's playing the most or not. He's going to have the ball in his hands the most, whether Kawhi's playing or not. But Paul George, in games that Kawhi's not playing, should be getting the most shots, especially when he's shooting efficiently. But both were just over-dribbling to me and were kind of killing the flow of the offense on various possessions. That's me being honest in my opinion. You can disagree all you want. James Harden's defense, though, I thought was actually pretty good. He was contesting shots, got a couple of steals. Let's see how many steals he got. Three steals and a block. Paul George had a steal and a block. So their stat lines didn't look too bad. Paul George had 22 points, four rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a block. But I thought his effort wasn't very good. You know, I thought he had really bad stretches of defense where he was getting blown by or not getting out to shooters, not contesting well. And I can see when Paul George is turning it up defensively. When he came back in the game in the second quarter, he played good defense. But for him to play nine minutes in the third quarter and shoot, what, three shots is just unacceptable. Oh, he shot six shots. I'm sorry. Which quarter was it that I was thinking of? The second quarter. There we go. Sorry. Second quarter, he played nine minutes and 23 seconds, and he only shot four times, and he made three of those shots. Nine minutes without Kawhi, and you're only shooting four times? I like that he shot more in the third quarter. He was three for six in that quarter. But come on. Then James Harden. I mean, I'm not going to be too critical of him because I've, I'm definitely more critical of him than the other guys. But it wasn't, wasn't pleasant to watch. Let me just put it that way in the first half. Although he did get us, some of our best stints came with Harden making shots. At the end of the second, beginning of the third, his defense wasn't too bad. He had that one moment where he didn't get back in transition against Lou Dort, and then he got beat back door during that third quarter run. But overall, I don't think his defensive effort was bad. I just thought he was dribbling too much and in the first half trying to foul bait a little too much. I still can't believe he gets some of the calls he gets. (laughs) It's insane being on this side of it, but... We needed better. Against the team of this caliber, we needed better. For Ty Lue to not play Tice in the first half, I don't know how I feel about that. It didn't necessarily work. In the second half, he brought him in and he was trying to switch one through five. That wasn't really working either. Daniel Tice in this game. Should he have played Zubats more? Let me know in the comments, guys. Because Zubats was struggling defensively, but offensively he did give us something. Tice in this game, let's see. He played 15 minutes. He was two for two. Four points and a rebound, but minus 14. I just, eh, it was a pretty quiet game for Daniel Tice, in my opinion. Coming up, though, I'm going to be talking about the struggles of the Clippers' Terrence Mann. I got to tell you a little something about prize picks. PrizePix is the best daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and here's how it works. All you got to do is pick two to six players and project their stats, whether they'll get more or less in a certain category, and you watch your winnings roll in. With basketball season and football season going on simultaneously, you can pick players across sports from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example... You can take Kawhi Leonard, more points, and then take Patrick Mahomes, touchdown passes. Want to play alongside some of PrizePix's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays 
under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. Just go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, the Clippers losing this one and snapping their nine-game winning streak, 134-115. to It was a tough one, and it was a tough one for Clippers. Clipper Nation's very own homegrown Terrence Mann. And it's been a struggle for him of late period. In this game, he was two for eight. Oh, I'm sorry, one for four from three with that three coming in garbage time. He had five points, one rebound, one assist, three steals and a block, and one turnover in 23 and a half minutes. Now, Terrence Mann is my favorite clipper. I've said that many times. He's homegrown. I knew about him before he came in the league. He had the biggest game in Clipper history and was the player of the game in that game. And he was great in Game 7 against Dallas as well. He's been slighted throughout the course of his Clipper tenure with a lack of minutes when he deserves more. And now finally, when he's getting the opportunity to start on a super team, he's starting to look like an offensive liability. This is a guy who shot 39% from three last season. 36.5% the year before, and 42 the year before that. He's shooting a career-high three three-point attempts per game, but technically he has only .5 on average more three-pointers a night than last season. He's in his head completely. It's now been 23 games for Terrence. He needs to get his act together. Offensively. Defensively, fine. He held SGA to one for four shooting. Played some good D. Got a couple of steals. Was active. But he needs to be better offensively because the second he was 0 for 3, in that third quarter, he caught the ball under the basket and he caught the ball open for three and he didn't even look at the rim. And I can see a hesitant slash scared player from a mile away. And I have to call him out on this because he's my favorite player and I have to be consistent. He needs to be better. Now, I have to share a small anecdote about how this day went for me. I was really, really tired because I had stayed up late the previous night uploading an episode of Locked On Clippers. I have to admit, guys, this is kicking my ass. Like, Locked On Clippers and Dime Dropper, it's like really kicking my ass. Like, with my day job, I don't sleep. Like, I don't sleep. I have a couple, of, I have two off days, and I try to get as much sleep as I can during those days. But man, I'm up really, really late doing these. So, like, I try to get them out for you guys in the morning. So, those of you that say that you appreciate them, I really appreciate that you tell me that because I'm sacrificing beauty, beauty sleep 
at this point, man, with this team. I love this team, though, so much that I'm willing to do it. And I love that you guys are so passionate about it. And the fact that you care what I have to say, and I'll go above and beyond for you because you're Clipper fans and I always do whatever I can do for Clipper fans. But I also have to be consistent in my job. And I messed up on Thursday. I was really tired, so I took a nap from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock, my alarm goes off, and I'm like, my body is exhausted. Like, I don't even want to get up. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set another alarm for 6 o'clock and just I have my trustworthy series recording of Clippers basketball and Bally Sports. So I'll be able to wake up and just fast forward the commercials, and I'll catch up in no time. But when I woke up, I said, if that game's on KTLA, I'm screwed. And lo and behold, it's on KTLA. I was in the mud. I didn't even get to watch the first half. And then later, shout out to one of my guys, one of my subscribers on Dime Dropper, Phoenix. I call him Phoenix Gen Z. (laughs) He gave me a full replay to the game. Because remember, NBA League Pass, you can't watch a replay. Uh... for a local broadcast until three days after completion of the game. So frustrating. But thankfully, due to Phoenix, I got to watch it, and so I got to see the first half because otherwise my episode would just not have been as good. But the way people were talking about... I bring this up because the way people were talking about Terrence in the first half was like he was costing us the game single-handedly. Then I watched it, and I saw that he was playing pretty decent defense on SGA and didn't even play that much. And I was like, man, like... No pun intended. People are being so harsh. Like, I get it. They're frustrated with his lack of offense over the season. I get it. But the fact of the matter is we're 14-3 and three with our starting lineup intact with him being moved in there. 14-4 and four with him as a starter. He still plays hard. And he was taking the right shots in this game on Thursday night. He was missing. I get it. He's got to start making shots because teams need to respect him. But I see people talk about trade packages and all this stuff like are you serious right now like at the very worst if he continues to do this okay put him on the bench but nah man you guys have your all these people a lot of the people that are saying this are stands and fanboys and you know what if if there's anybody I'll stand it's Terrence because he's a player that we drafted and had the biggest game of his life when we needed it most to break something that became very personal for a lot of Clipper fans how many second round jokes we heard People do not realize what that night meant to Clipper fans if you didn't go through the struggle with us. 3-1, twice, with two different iterations. Do you understand how tough that was for us fans? Especially when we have to face the music with Laker fans after. So Terrence Mann, if anybody deserves time to get it together and belief with the fan base, it's Terrence Mann. And I don't care if he misses 100 in a row, I'll still back him for that 101st shot until the end of the season. Worst case, you put him on the bench. But no trade. I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it, bruh. Sorry. I want at least one player we drafted. And Amir Coffey's playing better than Terrence right now the last couple games. I'll admit. But I believe in Terrence. I believe that he's going to get his three ball going. He always ends the season better than he starts at shooting the ball. That's my guy. I'm always going to back him. Clipper fans, Clipper fans, let me know how you feel about Terrence in the comments right now. He's struggling, but I ain't giving up on him at all. Clippers lose 134-115. to 115. We're back against Boston. Hopefully we get Kawhi back. That's going to be a huge test to see what we can do. Clipper fans, I really encourage you to get to the arena 
because there's going to be a lot of green in the crowd as there always is wherever they go. And there's a lot of Celtic, you know, Massachusetts people in Boston and in LA. We need the fans there. Don't panic though, Clipper Nation. It is okay. It's okay. We lost to the Thunder on the road. We may have lost even with Kawhi. We got to give him some extra rest. Let's continue where we left off with Kawhi, hopefully against Boston. Two and one on the trip. I'll take it. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper and LA sports content. And Locked On Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. The views have been amazing lately, guys. I thank you so much for it. It's not like I don't take it for granted. Let's keep going. Let's get to 5K by the end of the year. If we can get to 5K by the end of the year, that's the best Christmas present you can give me. Please, I would love it. Tell your friends, get all your burner accounts, and subscribe. The age-old proverb continues. Don't panic, Clipper Nation. Go Clippers.